Welcome back. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't expect you to come in hot with <laughs> welcome back. I'm coming in hot. Welcome back to 30 Dirty and Dying. The show where we try to figure out if we're ever gonna be okay again. <laughs> which which is especially appropriate today because we're talking about mental health, mental illness, all the reasons why. I'm not okay. Yeah, same. So I don't know when the last time I was okay. And to try to figure that out, before we get into our conversation today, we are going to go back in time and see what we were doing in 2011. I was, I don't even know how old I was. I don't, I can't do math. I was 20. Because um, I'm old. Well, I was turning 20. I don't even... Why can't I do this? This is simple math. Um, I graduated in 2013, so I was probably 16, right? I was going into my sophomore year of college. I was 16, I think. I was in high school for sure. I want to say a sophomore in high school. So probably six plus we knew each other. Yeah. And I couldn't start working until I was 16 because, like, laws... Yeah, well. So, let's take a look back in time and see what we were doing. I only have Facebook posts because I wasn't allowed to have any other social media. I was barely allowed to have a friggin' Facebook. Um, I just want to start off by saying I hated 2011, Corey. Oh, yeah? I was so annoying. <laughs> That's when I met you. <laughs> and I'm so sorry <laughs> that you met me at the worst time of my life. Well, yeah. I can't say it was the worst time of my life, but... It was pretty, pretty I was. Bad. I had a boyfriend, and then I didn't have that boyfriend, and I was just sad, soppy post after post about, like, no, down and, the dumps about that. And heartbreak, and then I dated someone else, and he was a great guy, and we're still friends, and then, um, I just, eh, stupid me, stupid <clears throat> me, I hated everything about stupid this. Stupid me. Stupid me. Well, then, I mean, you've really set it up. Why don't you kick us off? Jeez. Um, set us up with some 2011 Primo Courtney. Well, I mean, this is pretty relevant. I said gas prices make me angry, which, you know, yeah, same. same. Right now. I also had a four Taurus back in those days, and that ate gas, and it I did. never, I never filled it up all the way, which has nothing to do with what I'm talking Why about. Why you were unstable? I was very unstable. Um, Let's just, this was in January of 2011. I posted this. Put your hand on a hot stove for a minute and it seems like an hour. Sit with a pretty girl for an hour and it seems like a minute. That's relativity. Wow, she a philosopher now. Oh. Oh my goodness. That's, the that's cringe. I also said I'm living on love and it must be fattening. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually... That's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. It's stupid. I was horrible. Um, I also said, this right here is my swag. What were you, Do you know what you were talking about? It's a song. Oh. This right here is my How many swag. of these are going to be just like All song the girls are on me. Damn. I'm going to get a Every. copyright strike. Oh, that's so old, though. Okay, anyways. Um, how hard do you have to squeeze an almond to make it milk? That's still a question I have today. That's fair. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I've seen someone make almond milk before. Yeah, you just blend up almonds and no. water. I've seen them do it through like a, a rag. Like they put the almonds in a rag and milk them. I don't, maybe I'm totally I, wrong. I think you're wrong. I could you, be. You soak almonds in water and then you blend it and then you strain it and that's almond milk. Oh. Yeah. Look at me. I'm the former vegan. You'd think I would know that. Yeah, I mean, I love meat. So, as someone who loves meat, I also drink almond milk and I know how to do that. I watch a lot of TikTok. That's fair. I don't. I mean, I do, but not that. Um, also, sad Courtney time. Okay, yeah, let's get into the sad My Courtney. Taurus was sideswiped. Oh, that's right. You got into that car accident. You I were... was in a car accident. Well, that's it was, a, that's it a was car parked. Accident. That's a car accident, though. I was not in the car. Still, that's a car. I accident. walked out to my car and I was like, there's dents all over my car. I was very sad. How do you know it was sideswiped? Because it was on the side. <laughs> I mean, 
was it was okay. one side of my car. That's fair. I, that's a good answer. I didn't know you were gonna have that good of an answer. Yeah, I have a picture. <laughs> I remember it. Um, and then I was ready for college by saying, I got my Capri Sun and a Lunchable. I'm ready for college. <laughs> I feel like college, for me at least, was one of the reasons that my mental health tanked. College is tough. I... It's a tough time, I it feel is. like. And it, it's, it doesn't necessarily make you have mental health problems, but if you're gonna have them, there is no time. Like, college <laughs> or those early 20s, if you don't go to college, like... That period of time is when just all your threads start coming out, I feel like. My mental health is just boys. But still, though, in, I mean, in, a normal, in my normal thought process of things, I was fine. I don't think, like, the only sad part of my life at that point was boys. But, boy problems. But don't you think that, because I remember some of it, and nah. I'm not trying to, like, throw you under the bus, but, like, <laughs> there was some obsessive level like sadness yeah over, like how much you were into some of these dudes yeah particularly the one, one but in general like your approach was very i was annoying yeah i was really it fucking was annoying, annoying. And yeah it was like i'm annoyed and i want to apologize you know... to him <laughs> look i mean he was an he asshole. doesn't deserve that he doesn't he was an asshole he cheated on me it is what it is but like i kind of want to be like hey i was really annoying so i get it uh, yeah i mean i would have cheated on me too i guess but do you but like, i feel like that's one of those things where you only really start to figure that stuff out like how you're gonna be in relationships how to navigate a grown-up quote-unquote relationship i could i it, it until i met mike i could not but that's what i mean that's a time in your life where that's where you do that that's where you get your feet and other things wet to figure that out and yeah <laughs> it's just it took me a really long fucking time it takes a lot of people a long time yeah and i it and this is the mindset that i was in okay. also in 2011 i said who am i to tell fate where it's supposed to go i mean true i guess but also i want to hit you yeah like that's just one of those you know where perhaps, which clearly you do because you did it a lot. The everybody just put song lyrics all over. All of them. It's it comes from the MySpace days. I feel like I, but, the good old days. Yeah, that was the best. I didn't have a MySpace, but I had a friend who had a MySpace who let me use theirs. I had a MySpace because my mom thought I was gonna get on Dateline, not for good stuff. Yeah, to catch a predator. Mm-hmm. Could have. I don't know. Um, but no, everybody put song lyrics out everywhere to be like when they were happy, when they were sad. Uh-huh. You, you put them on your your timeline, your Facebook, and yeah. it was called a wall. Yeah. Now it's not. <laughs> no, it's just Facebook. Is, is it? Oh, I, I, I don't know. Okay, see, we're out of the loop. But no, that literally, that's I didn't screenshot any of my song lyrics because that's all it was. Yeah, I didn't scream It was online. just stupid, annoying love lyrics. Like, oh, I'm pining for you. Why don't you love me? I did it all the time. And I was like, bitch, you're 11. Like, I mean, I wasn't actually 11, <laughs> but I should have been. Like, I didn't know anything. I'm in high school. I'm just, I'm just, you know, trying to remember to brush my teeth every day and, and keep myself alive. And it's like, I'm so sad, and this is my heartbreak. You don't even know. You don't even know. You don't know know anything. Shut up. I knew nothing. I was just so obsessed and annoying. This is 30, Dirty, and Dying, a new podcast where we are having all the conversations you're probably having too, mixed in with a ton of dark humor. So keep on listening and then continue the conversations with us on social media at 30DirtyAndDying. Now, let's get back to the show. Which also, you know, that kind of goes into Twilight, which I've been watching. Oh, we'll hit that. We'll hit Twilight. We'll hit it. Um, That kind of goes into some of mine. I didn't have as many as you this time around. Um, Oh, I didn't even say all of them. Dang. Well, if you want to keep going. No, it's fine. We can start with you because I'm really annoying. So, (laughs) Okay. Um, I had one. This was from March of 2011. So Mm -hmm. almost like to the day. Uh, I'm on a drug. It's called Charlie Sheen. (laughs) I went through a weird Charlie Sheen obsessed phase. It was when he was doing that shit where he was like, Tiger Blood, Adonis Deanna. Do you remember this? No. He. I watched him in Two and a Half Men. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. That's After all he got let go from Two and a Half Men, and he went, he went a little bananas. I mean, and he started saying some weird stuff, and he made, he did this, 
sit down interview with I don't know like somebody like Barbara Walters or you know what I mean like a like an important person back then Barbara Walters is still important I don't know who she is I'm gonna be honest okay wow anyways <laughs> he did like one of those big you know interviews that they advertise on TV all the time like Charlie Sheen tells all about his recent drug addiction yeah yeah drug addiction I was gonna say shenanigans and be nice to him but clearly and Charlie Sheen does drugs he did then. I don't know if he does now. I'm not mm-hmm. really. I, my phase has ended. I'm not really obsessed with him anymore. But he was saying such ridiculous stuff that, as a you know teenager who was growing up on the internet and the you know random ra- being random and saying random stuff was like very funny. That yeah. was part of the thing back then. So him just screaming out that he had tiger blood and Adonis DNA and was unbelievably hilarious to me uh so yeah that was my that was one of them and that kind of shows how i didn't know anything and then the only other one that i think is relevant to like what we are going for today is life goes on you just have to go with it i posted this on valentine's day oh yeah so you know i don't know i was probably upset because you didn't have a valentine maybe I don't even, this is the thing, I don't even remember, which says a lot about why it's freaking stupid that I would say that. See, at that point in 2011, I did have a boyfriend, but I'm pretty sure I got a text on Valentine's Day from another girl that was like, hey, your boyfriend got me a Valentine. And I'm like, makes sense. (laughs) It did. (laughs) Every time you told me something that that guy did, I was just like... Well, yeah. Or, I mean, that's what he does. But like, he loved me. No, he didn't. No. <laughs> but no, like, if I could go back and tell myself, like, life goes on, you just have to go with it. I, I mean, think I I'd am, hate myself. Like, I am just going with it at this point. At this point, yes. But also, what life? <laughs> like, what life goes on? 16-year-old Clarissa. Like, what kind of, what life? You're going to school, coming home. You're being depressed and listening to Panic at Disco. I was going to say Yellow Card. That too. I did listen to Yellow Card. But there was no... I had no concept of how bad things were going to get. Like, I had no idea what going with it was going to mean in just a couple more years. So I really think I'd just, like, tell myself to go back and, like, enjoy those pizza rolls and shut up. Yeah. Like, just, just... I'm not saying you weren't going through anything. Probably not. But it's it's gonna get worse. So maybe just buckle up. Yeah. It it only it has to get worse before it gets better. It has to get worse, period. That's a sentence. Like it's gonna get worse. I feel yeah. like even if you have very turbulent and like tumultuous childhood. Yeah. Which I did. I didn't have yep. all rainbows. And a lot of the things I went through a few years later stemmed from stuff that I'd gone through that I had just not processed. At all. Like at all. Some pretty heavy stuff but still the way that that even comes to comes out in your day-to-day life this is no comparison from like being a teenager and being in your adult years or early 20s like it gets wild mm-hmm. wild 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 thornberries oh i miss that show that was a good show that was a good show i liked that show a lot I think there are there are so many theories about shows like that. Like, have you seen the one Winnie the Pooh, and all of them represent a different mental illness? Mm-hmm. I love that one. That's one of my favorite like conspiracy fan theories of a show ever. Because I, I just heard. think it works. The Rugrats one. Oh yeah. Um, that um, they're all dead. They're all dead. They're all dead. It's, and it's all in Angelica's head. Yes. Yeah. That Tommy, the reason why he never grows is because it was like a stillbirth or something. And like the twins never... They were aborted. Yeah, they were aborted. Or miscarried. I don't remember. But it was, they didn't know which, if it was a boy or a girl yet. And that's that's why why there's two. Mm -hmm. And then Chucky died with his mom in the accident. Mm -hmm. What about Susie? Susie Carmichael is her friend. So she's just regular. I think she's just regular. Okay. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because I heard with part of it was 
um, the dad, Tommy's dad, because he's so like freaking weird and neurotic about making those toys. And it's it would make sense if he's like trying to make toys for his dead son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, people do that. People get into these really dark spaces about stuff like that. Do you remember when he wakes up in the middle of the night and he's making pudding? Yes. I get that. Yeah. It all makes sense. Like, they're in their 20s, right? No, they're not. Yeah. They're like 50. Now. But... No, I mean then. Weren't they supposed to? Not 50, no, but like, they were like 30s, 40s? Late 20s, 30s. I didn't know that. Wow, yeah. they look rough. Maybe, they, say, maybe something did happen. I mean... I feel like I'm also looking more rough these days because I'm 30. Well, your head's not a triangle. Whose heads are triangles? What's this Infinity's and Ferb? No. I, what's that? Is I don't that know what that is. Did I miss that? Uh, yeah, probably. It was I on think... Disney Channel. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I had a really shitty childhood. Same. So I just watched a lot of TV. I did too. But I think that Phineas was maybe... and Ferb is newer. It's not. Uh, yeah, see, I Well, stopped... and by newer, I mean... Not when we were children, as much as like I was probably teens. Okay. It yeah. probably came out when I was in high school. I probably was not on the train then. I kind of no. like, I didn't watch a lot of the newer Disney stuff. I, the last thing That's I remember. That's pretty much where I like called it quits, I feel. Like, I don't think I've ever watched like a full of like Hannah Montana. <gasps> I think that's around the time that I was like, oh. bye Disney. I love Not forever. I like Disney. I like to watch Disney movies. Like I don't mean it like that. Disney but... Channel original movies, like oh. Smart House. Smart House. Smart House. Smart House was one of my favorites. I loved it. It's also one of my greatest fears. It's why I will not get an Alexa. Oh, I have them. I have one in my car. No. We have one in the bathroom. We have one in the bedroom. We have one in like the living kitchen. You are just one in the asking basement. for a technological. We have um, the like ring doorbell. And we have cameras in our house. I don't do that. I don't do that. I'm okay with some of it. Like, I'm not a, I'm not one of those, like, absolutely not. Get in my bunker. Like, it's not that. But I'm just weary of enough of a lot of technology in my home. That's like that. It's like I that. I mean, let the government listen to me. I don't live a fun life. They're going to be really bored. It's not for that the, reason. The only thing that I ask Alexa is every day, what's the temperature outside? So I know what to wear. And how to get her. No, I got you. Yeah. But no, it's not it's not so much that for me. I just I know how easy because they're made to be very user friendly. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to get into them and that's what makes me nervous. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. I don't like having too much of it. I may be being like a total over anxiety type on that, but it's just how I feel. And Justin feels the same. So yeah, well. But Anyways, that went off on a tangent. That did. Yeah. The so, 13th year. I loved that. Merman. Uh, that was probably my favorite. The third. Mm -hmm. That one, and then I loved Xenon. <gasps> Xenon? Yeah. Zoom, yeah. zoom, zoom. zoom Mega hot go boom, boom. boom. Supernova girl. I know. I love that. So, mental health. <laughs> I know. Like, that could be its own thing. <laughs> I mean, it all kind of ties in because the reason why, like, I watched so much is because both of my parents were alcohol. Yeah. Well, yes, I did have the best grandma in the world that took care of my sister and I and, like, raised us. She was older, couldn't, you know, like... It's different. Follow. It's different. It's a different way to raise your grandchildren. So, like, I watched a lot of TV. Yeah, which there's nothing wrong with no. that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, even by today's standards with all these, like, monitoring screen time and what, like... Whatever. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a... I'm not a direct parent, but like I mean, by the time I got to just primary, just living with grandma, like I was old enough to make those decisions on my own. Right, like, I and wasn't like it a, was a baby. very different time. Like yeah. screen time it was like we didn't have as much with like video games. Even when mm -hmm. we had video games, it was different. It's not like it is now. Like no. oh, they're everywhere you look. We didn't have that. We had... we did we had dial up. Yeah, internet. Same. Like we didn't have to worry about like chat rooms and like well I mean we kind of did but I mean yeah not you really really go look you really them. had to look for them like I wasn't going anywhere to meet random strangers on the internet no, you know what I mean either. oh there was a time oh, but well, it wasn't like chat that. rooms and stuff like that, that it was like, a I was on AIM talking to my friends and like crushes yeah it wasn't and I was playing Barbie magic hairstyler there was nothing going on there yes. 
No, do you remember there was a website called Millsberry? Did no. you ever do that? I okay. played addictinggames.com. I did that too, but you could get on Millsberry and it was General Mills cereal and it was like this little community and you <laughs> made like your, I swear to God, you made like your person and you just went, you had like a job and you played different games and I loved it. I played Toontown. I didn't like that one. Oh, I love Toontown. I would play it right now if I could. But I, I get what you're saying though because there was a lot of time that we spent independent. Mm-hmm. as kids and it's like we had to do stuff like that to first of all again it was a different time but to entertain ourselves and to kind of keep ourselves yeah i occupied. mean my, my sister did a lot like obviously because of my parents like my sister watched out for me when we did live with my mom and dad mm-hmm. well mainly my mom like she like i don't remember a whole lot because i feel like she just like blocked it for me shielded you she shielded me and when I got to the point where, like, I, she kind of stopped, like, she had her friends when we got older. Like, she had ballet. She had her friends. Like, she stayed the night at her friend's house to, like, kind of get away, and I get it. So, like, it's at that point when she was no longer kind of shielding me is when I start to, re- I remember things. Right. And it was mainly when I, when we moved in with dad. Okay. But uh, anything from, like, mom period of time, do not remember a single thing. Do you ever think that you want to? Like, you'd like to tap into it or yeah. just rather leave well enough alone? Yeah, I, I don't need to know. That's fair. No, I, I know when I kind of started to deal with my own mental health stuff, a lot of it was because I don't like the term, um, what is it, repressed memories. I, yeah. It's, I'm not saying it's not a thing. Um, there's just a lot it's of... It's definitely a thing. I don't remember a lot of things sure like i'm sure it's a thing but there's a lot of controversy around that especially when it comes to like abuse and stuff like that that's not that was not my situation i wasn't abused either so no i was (laughs) but i'm saying the repressed memory it wasn't repressed memories quote unquote Mm -hmm. but i did have some stuff that i had really heavily like just pushed away and been like okay there's a door up there in my brain I knew it was there. I always don't knew want it was to go there. in there. Don't open it. Yeah. Don't open it. And it's like I always knew what was in there. I always, but I just never. And then by the time I got to be like twenty-ish, when stuff started to really affect me, it was a process to sort of unpack it after putting it away for that long. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a repressed memory. It was just like I don't want to deal with that memory. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I really did have to like go through it. Yeah. You got to open the door. I had to, yeah, I had to open the door, and that's a process, and I don't know, so some people want to kind of, when it's, when it is more just to, like, process through other things, like, alcohol parent stuff, and childless, some people want to, to, like, get it all out on the table, other people are like, I'm good, I, if I could have chosen, I might have just been like, I'm good, but I did not get a choice in the matter, I, I had a breakdown. I feel like, because mom's dead, I don't have to deal with it you know not that I don't have to deal with like what from what I was told like when mom was pregnant or like in the beginning Mm -hmm. she was great like there is not a doubt in my mind that she loved us I never doubted that I'm sure but just addiction just took over it's hard yeah and it just that is just what happened and I don't I'm not mad at her I don't have resentment towards her it just is what happened and I'm lucky enough to have my grandma and Aunt Mary Jo and Uncle Doug that helped us and raised us because we probably could have been in a really shitty situation. We had like a really strong support we, system. We had a strong support system that wasn't our parents. Well, that's good. And if it wasn't for that, like I probably would have had a lot more trauma and a lot more things that I had to deal with. But because I had them to kind of like talk about it and deal with it together, that's probably why I'm okay with not remembering my childhood up until a certain point yeah i mean if you're okay with it and you don't feel it then i think that that's fair um i know it's like the weirdest thing for me though was one of the first time i went to therapy and i went for some of that you know heavy abuse type stuff and and other things that were going on i, mean, I had a, i had a full-fledged like breakdown it was not good um but when i'm talking to the therapist and they're like trying to figure out what's going on i'm telling them about that stuff but I'm also just talking about my general childhood and I I also had an alcoholic parent 
and they are referring to that as trauma. Yeah. And but like to me at that time blew my mind. I was like, what are you talking about? It's fine. It's not a big deal. It's not the same as this other stuff. Yeah. It's like ruining. And she's like, not. It, it kind of is. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, a, a kid shouldn't have to go through that because there's so many effects from it. It's like you're it's taking just, care of your parent. Yes, and it's a not child just that. taking care of your parent. There's is a, crazy. there's an amount of instability that yeah. comes with that. That's very jarring mm-hmm. for a child, especially like young children. Yeah, it's just it's difficult to. It really makes an impact. Yeah, but I never thought of it as like traumatic. Just like regular, just regular stuff. Not like all all the terrible times. Just day-to-day living with an alcoholic or an addict of any kind is trauma. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I spent more time, my first, my first round in therapy, my first rodeo, <laughs> um, on that horse of like unpacking my alcoholic parent um, trauma than I did about the abuse stuff. Like, I had to go back later because I was like, I didn't finish this either. Because that stuff's so heavy. It really does. When I was old enough to experience it, like, when when I lived with Dad. Mm -hmm. Like, and here's the thing, too, with Dad. Like, even though he wasn't, he wasn't to the extent that Mom was. Like, Mom couldn't function. Mm -hmm. But Dad was a functioning alcoholic. That was mine. And he always had a job. He always made sure that we had what we needed. And again, I don't ever doubt that he loves us. Huh. And it's not anything like that. But like when he was drunk and my friends were around, they thought he was funny. But I was so embarrassed. Yep. Like there was a time where we were at Taco Bell and he stole the Taco Bell like uh, tray. And like they were hilarious, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe he just fucking did that, you know? Yeah. And there were times where like he picked a friend and I up and he had a beer in like the front and I had to try and hide it because they thought he was just being funny. I'm like, well, he's driving drunk right now. Yeah. So like, this so is like something I have to deal with. Damage control mode. Cause yeah. you're a kid and you're, you're like, somebody showed up. I'm like 11. Yeah. You know what I mean? so to pick us up is responsible it's, for me and another kid and they're, and they're drunk and I have to do something. Yeah. What do I do? I'm 11. Yeah. And luckily they dropped the friend off. Right. But on our way home, got into a fender bender I made him pull over. I couldn't drive. I was like You're 11. 11. And so, like, I made him pull over. I made him talk to the other person. I took the keys out of the ignition. And I was like, until you talk to him, I was aware. And yeah. I had to take care of it. There was, t- like, he was passed out. I put a blanket on him. You have to do stuff like I that. I have to do stuff like that. No, I know. I and mean, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have had to do things No, like it's that. so heavy. And the embarrassment thing. I When you said that, I was like, dude, I have so many memories of that. I, I remember one in particular that it was like 4th of July and we had a big family thing. We always had stuff with my mom's extended family. And 4th of July was like a big one. And Party, drinking. Well, yeah, and for everybody else, that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a couple beers, it's fine. Um, no, not really. <laughs> and my, it was my dad and he gets, you know, absolutely wasted and is he's really an exuberant, belligerent, like excitable drunk like he gets very excited and happy and but sloppy too obviously when you drink that much I don't think anybody doesn't get that way um but we're driving home after that my mom's driving and my cousin was with us because we were like all staying at my grandma's house or something like that and she's laughing at him because he's you know acting and I'm bawling and I was not a cry nobody saw me cry I don't think until I turned like 18 and our grandma died like I think that was the first time anybody probably saw me cry other than like infant level but I'm bawling in the backseat like so embarrassed I'm so I'm mortified yeah. I'm absolutely mortified because I'm like we can't we had to leave we had to do all this stuff and it's like I didn't think it was funny because I knew everything else that went along with it they get to leave mm-hmm. you know what I mean or they get to even if they have to stay and see some of it they get to leave but they also don't understand it yeah. Because they're not growing up in it. No. They don't know what's happening. They think it's funny. They think it's funny. They think it's a one-time thing. They think it's a... Like you see on TV. You know, you see the, all those old reality shows where those girls would get drunk and fall over and it's like funny. <laughs> we sit drunk. and watch it and it's funny. Yeah. It's not funny when you live with it. Mm-hmm. And Constantly. you have to deal with all the fallout. Because that didn't just end there. That was 
all the things you talked about, making sure everything's okay, making sure everybody's safe. I had a mom who was amazing and who was sober, but that, you know, that was so stressful on her too. And then there were so many things that came after that, like her trying to put her foot down and figure out what to do and the fights that came after. And, you know, that was her just trying to do the same thing, but you're, you're in, in the boat for all of it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can't even imagine, like, I don't talk to my sister about it. Like, she, it's just not a conversation that we have. Like, yeah. that, we don't really talk about our parents. We don't really talk about what had happened. Like, we just, we separated that in our relationship as sisters. Sometimes you gotta do that. And that's, and that's fine. So, like, I can't even imagine what she dealt with. Like, the fact that I was shielded and she did so much for me, mm-hmm. the thought of what she went through, yeah. I can't even imagine. And what I went through is not even, like, probably half of what she did. Being the older sister, I can't, like, because she's four and a half older, four, four and a half years older than I Yeah, am. she was probably way more aware just through most of that, Yeah, if not all of it. Yeah, just because she, she took care of me. Well. she And she, she took care of her parents. She took care of her sister. Where was her childhood? That, yeah, that's a big one right there that I don't. I had more of a childhood than she did, I'm sure. Yeah, just by sheer math, like. Because you're right. It's like she was, she had to be a caretaker. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's another one that I, I, I feel for, for her and for other people who have to go through that level of it. Because like I said, I, I did have my mom who was there, who was, I mean, you know, that came with its own, its own bag of stuff too. Because it was such a taxing thing for her. Mm-hmm. But she, she took care of so much of it and she tried very hard to shield, but that's just it. Even when people are trying to shield you from it, you, you have, it's you impossible. Still, it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, even you either like fl- flat out don't remember anything, <laughs> and that itself no. is a little bit of a mental health problem, probably. Yeah. Or it it devolves at some point into, you know, where you have to deal with it. You mm-hmm. have to know what's going on. Yeah. And it makes an impact. I mean, when so when I lived with like for a while, like myself mom and my sister lived with grandma and grandpa mm-hmm. and it was a decision that because my grandpa had huntington's disease and it was going to get to the point where grandma would need help right. and it, it was a from my understanding again i was younger that mom was going to be there to help with grandpa yeah, and we were all going to like yeah to be part of be it. a part of it and it got to the point with grandma where she just couldn't handle mom anymore and that's fine mm-hmm. so she kept us out. Like, there was a, a final straw situation. Yeah. And at that, from that point, I never lived with mom again. Like, that's when we moved in with dad and situations. And then eventually, I think when my sister went to college, I ended up moving back in with grandma. And I really did help her with grandpa. Yeah. But at, from that point on, I rarely saw mom again until yeah. she finally died. Right. But my again, I think my sister also dealt with mom's death a little bit harder than I did Mm -hmm. just because I was, you know, the, the child, like I always talked to mom when she called. Yeah. Like I would have this, I saw her in the hospital a couple times when she was in the hospital. Right. And like, I, I kept contact, but like my sister didn't want to talk to her understandably. Right. Everybody has, it's, it's a different Line she and, did sometimes. Like, it's not like she was like, no, I never want to talk to her again. No, but everybody has a different level of, like, what they can't put up with after a certain point. Yeah. And what's healthy to put up with. Yeah. There are situations, I totally know this, where it's like, if you can wash your hands of it, sometimes you have to. Maybe yeah. not forever. Mm-hmm. And that alone sucks because it's like you... What people say a lot to you is like, but it's your mom. But it, it shouldn't dad. matter. It doesn't. It's a person. It doesn't. It's and a you person, have to draw the line you're a somewhere. person, and you have to take care of yourself. But that's hard to do, and that's hard for a child to do, mm-hmm. and and a young adult even to do. Like, that's difficult. So I can see why putting in those levels of boundaries mm-hmm. were probably the best thing that she could have done, yeah. quite frankly. And yeah, it's good absolutely. that she had the foresight to do that at that time. Mm-hmm. And I... Again, like, I can't, like, we don't really talk about it. And so I don't know exactly the situation or, like, even how, I can't speak for her and how she felt when mom died. But, like, I just, I feel like she probably took it a little bit harder than I did because I had that open conversation with mom all the time. I knew it was happening. 
I also decided not to go see her the last time in the hospital because I wanted to remember her for the way that I saw her last time. And then my sister saw her unresponsive. So big jump. Yellow because, you know, liver failure from alcoholism. And it probably was... Traumatic. Traumatic. That's a traumatic... And I decided to skip that trauma in that situation. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. But I also don't blame her. It's tough. It's like everybody's got to do what feels right for them. And that's... That can change day to day. Like, I. You're listening to 30, Dirty, and Dying, the new show for millennials by millennials, where we tackle what it's like to be the opposite of 30, flirty, and thriving. Keep listening for our hot takes on life, death, and all that fun stuff in between. I have the addictive personality with relationships the way that my parents had. Okay, see, that's interesting to me because, like, I hear people, it's, I don't have the addictive personality. Um, My mom was terrified. She's like, oh, my God. She's going, because it's very, like, prevalent in everybody on my dad's side Mm -hmm. of the family. Have been or are, when they were alive, addicted to something. Something. Mostly substances, because, like, why not, I guess, if everybody else is doing it. Go for it. Thanksgiving is lit, but... (laughs) kidding i was anyway um but i'm sure it was i laughed through the pain <laughs> that's what they did but no like she was terrified that i was gonna be an addict i'm not i don't have an addictive personality but i do wonder like for people who feel like they do and did have why do you think parent. i was so obsessed with my ex well it's just we- it's not weird but like it's it's sometimes i think especially for me it's hard to imagine that addiction mm-hmm. thing Applying to things that are not not drugs and alcohol. Yeah, substances yeah. that yeah, like that trigger an addiction response. Mm-hmm. Boys, boys. I mean, it, it was my addiction. But no, so that's interesting. You really think that it's like, yeah, a direct result of. Hundred percent. I mean, there's a, and like I don't drink a whole lot either because I don't want to you risk don't. it. You never have. I've I never know. been drunk like drunk drunk in my entire life i, I choose not to i get like i drink yeah like, i'll drink socially like a little shwasty but right. like i'm fully aware of my surroundings i am not i will never let myself not be completely aware of what's happening that's fair i know i remember when we you were never like i mean you would drink with us sometimes and yeah but you were always the one that was like take care of her. good because mm-hmm. you didn't drink very much so what is it now since you're married and <laughs> Mike. Just Mike. <laughs> Cats? I don't know. <laughs> but, because I'm pretty open about talking about mental health, because I have no freaking choice anymore. I just, this is who I am. I'm mentally ill. Nice to meet you. So, I, I ask people a lot, and you've been very open, and most people are not. Not oh, a bad I'm all. I've always been open. I wish people were more open. It's part of, it's part of why I want to talk I about it I never so felt like I had any mental health issues until recently. Um, I mean... COVID, right? Oh, yeah. COVID hit. Blew um, everybody out of the water. So March 2020. Here's the thing. Obviously, in, in the first podcast that we did, I talked about the fact that I have Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. I found out that I had Crohn's disease during prime COVID time. Yep. I finally was able to get um, seen by a specialist. And by seen, because COVID, it was a video chat. And I told him like how I was feeling and everything like that. This was like May 2020. I, he ordered a CT, so I went to get the CT again by myself because no no one could come with me. Right. So I, like, I get admitted and eventually, like, my doctor, like, calls me. He's like, don't worry, you don't need surgery. It's Crohn's disease. And I'm like, cool. Right. And, like, and this wasn't the issue. Like, I was so happy. Right. I'm like, I finally have an answer to what I've been feeling. I'm going to get medicine that's going to make me feel better. Like, I was like, COVID who? You know, I was just like, this is it. Like, I'm so, like, I was happy. I'm just like, this is it. And then I was put on steroids. Yikes. And that fucked me up. Every single overachiever overachiever with side effects of steroids. Cushing syndrome is what it's called. Yes. Um, I could show you the marks that are underneath my arms that I, from that. Um, Obviously, I got fat. Uh, and I worked so, and what I'm so upset about is like, I've struggled with my weight my whole life. Yes, yeah, I And yeah. I got skinny and you I did. was like looking good. 
and I was feeling good and then I got fat and I've never been this fat in my entire life and I think that's also you know depression right Same. What up? so um that I think that has a lot to do with it is just like everything that I went through being on steroids for so long um and then gaining so much weight because of steroids but also because I hadn't been able to eat for like four years yeah like without pain Right. So I'm finally able to eat. I finished a burrito from Chipotle and cried because I had never been able to finish a meal in years. <laughs> so like, oh my God. it's a matter of Hallmark Channel. Look out. It's Courtney's stories. <laughs> um, it was, I finally was able to eat. Yeah, there's a lot. So there. like, and I, I didn't have self-control anymore yeah. because I'm like, I can finally eat this food. That well, I haven't been able to eat and for so long, and then I was on steroids, which didn't help. I was always yeah. hungry. I was gaining so much weight. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's just also like... when you're going through stuff like that, I feel like it is harder to th- even care or think about that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Like, you're just, you're just trying to get through the day, you know? And even though it was there were some good things, it's like you you, f- you were dealing with a major illness, and there's a lot of changes that come with that. So it's like, and it's it's a it's a mental thing too because I'm going to have this is not curable. Yeah, it's chronic. Right? It's chron- It's a chronic illness that I will have for the rest of my life. That's why we call the podcast "Thirty Dirty and Dying." Yeah, because I, I got literally some too. not Crohn's, other chronic stuff. Yeah, mostly in my brain. Chronic pain, chronic yeah. disease. Like it's a disease. Like I have a disease. And hi, I have a disease. Hi, I have a disease and a dead mom. Um, <laughs> So like the other day, I was just sitting in my beanbag chair, as one does as a 30 year old. Oh yeah. Um, Mike was at work. I, I turned off the TV because I was watching TikTok for literally five hours. Yeah. And I just like late, I just started crying. And I'm like, why am I here? It's this, I'm getting to the point where it's the same day every single day. Yeah. And I don't, there's no, there's nothing happening. And this is just gonna be my life. Yeah. And that is where it's hard. I, yeah. It's hard. Ooh, it, it hits you in a place in your brain that you didn't know existed. And I'm like, I will be on medicine. Like, I get infusions for... I know you go to, like, the cancer center, which yeah. blows my freaking mind every time you mention yeah. it. Yeah, so it's every eight weeks I'm getting infusions. So it's just like, that is get my life now. No, I get it. I mean, not to that level, but I know what having that, like... I've ha- I've had at least one good solid... 10 out of 10 breakdown. It was different. But I know not too long after the COVID thing, I was having trouble in my relationship. Things were getting to both of us. We mm-hmm. both have mental health problems. And it was a hard time, you know? So that's happening. I'm home all the time. I'm away from everybody. I didn't have my family around. I didn't have any friends except for one. Um, and I'm not like a social butterfly. I am a, I'm an introverted slug, okay, at, at best. After like a year, I mean, it had been like, it really started to hit me in around like September, October of 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2020. And then our our cat, Nala, died. And that just like absolutely freaking broke me. Like I could not handle it. But I could see that other things I had not dealt with. And I and the thing is, even though it's dealing with stuff, I, I have mental illnesses. Like I have post-traumatic stress disorder. Part of my post-traumatic stress, post-traumatic stress disorder is I have major depressive episodes. And I was in one until further friggin' notice. Like, mm-hmm. That's how it was. Um, I had never really dealt with anxiety before. And that happened. I don't have an anxiety disorder from what the my therapist at that time told me. It was very symptomatic of my PTSD and just situational things that were going on but I had never dealt with anxiety before so I was freaking out like that's the everything felt huge everything felt terrible and wrong and I I think I went through a lot of my life I know I did not having very many emotions mm-hmm. I'm not like a super hallmarky type person by nature um, like, I'm not the most emotional bitch out there. Like, I'm not, you know, you've known me forever. Like, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty cut and dry. But a lot of that, too, was I just, like, shut those off mm-hmm. very, very early for things that were out of my control. And then I went to therapy the first time, and I got them back. And I was like, cool, I can feel some stuff now. Sometimes I can be happy. That's cool. And sad, but at least I know what that feels like. <laughs> Um, 
And then I started feeling things on a regular basis, and it scared the absolute bejesus out of me. Because it's a huge adjustment. It's a big change, and it's very jarring for someone who really hasn't felt much at all throughout their lives. Not like I'm dumber, okay? But, you know, I've never eaten anybody. Yeah, I don't want to interrupt. (laughs) No, go for it. But the reason why I know that something is wrong now is because I've always felt things, Mm -hmm. and I've always been emotional, and now I just... Depression happened. It could be. I'm not saying for sure, but that's yeah. a very... A lot of people mistake depression with like, I'm so sad. Yeah. And it's not so much that. It's more of this like... I just The don't. apathy. The apathy is intense. Mm-hmm. And and it, it you get sad easier because yeah. you're in such, a, in a, such a dark, depressed hole. But it's really just like you... Nothing's fun. Nothing's enjoyable. Nothing's even makes you mad anymore. You're just like I'm. I force myself to go out and do things. Yeah. I don't want to. I've I've been every morning. I don't want to get up. Yeah. Because I'm just like it's just gonna be the same thing over and over and over again. I don't. What's the point? And that's where I'm at. Like yours was opposite. Yeah, exactly. You were feeling. I started to feel things, and I started to realize I can't. I don't have any coping skills because I never needed any because I don't have any. And I'm not okay. And I have another disorder that I don't talk about a ton because I feel like it's embarrassing. It's not. It shouldn't be. Whatever. I have trypotillomania, which is where you pull your hair. Mm -hmm. Um, Chronic. I've had it since I was a very little kid. And it it ebbs and flows. Sometimes it's been really bad. Other times it's been super controllable. And I barely noticed. But because I didn't have a lot of coping skills other than that, it got bad. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't have eyelashes for a second. I mean, I might have had, like, three or four. Total. Both eyes. It was a Spongebob. Yeah, my eyes hurt a lot. It was wild. And that was part of the reason I knew I needed to go. And I did. And I'm not cured. I'll never be cured, right? Of PTSD or of the trichotillomania, you know? There's Um, good days and bad days. There's good days and bad days. Why I go to therapy when I do... I'm not in right now, but I know when I need to go back and is to learn how to cope. I did things called um, EMDR therapy, which helps you with traumatic memories and kind of helps you literally like reroute um, neuron pathways in your brain or something. It's very good for post-traumatic stress disorder because it helps you sort of change how you react to certain stimuli and triggers, Mm -hmm. you know, in the actual terminology triggers. Not like the time triggered. Yeah, not that one. Ugh. The like real one where it's like <laughs> where someone's actually being triggered. Yes, yes, exactly. So it helps you kind of like so that was helpful for me and but that's why I go back. It's just to, to learn how to cope and to, to try and unload some of what's happening with a professional. It's just like how you go to the doctor mm-hmm. if you're you know, bleeding out of your eyeballs, you'd probably go see somebody who knew what to do for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, sometimes you do get that feeling of, like, I gotta, I gotta do something. I, uh, there's a counseling place where, close to where I live. Mm-hmm. So, I tried to call them, but they didn't answer. <laughs> um, so it's I, hard to get in So, I, I emailed them just asking if they accept my insurance. Because their website said, accept most insurances. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, do you accept my insurance? So, I emailed them. I haven't heard back yet. But, like, here, and this is also an issue that I have, like, my infusions are $25,000. Jesus. Each time. Oh, my God. So, every eight weeks, each infusion is $25,000. So, like, I don't, I can't afford like my t- mental health and my physical health. So, like, I have to choose. And I know if that. they don't accept my insurance, like, I can't pay out of pocket to see a therapist. Yeah. Because I don't have that money. Yeah. I know when I had my first breakdown... Just girly things. Um, I went. <laughs> I got my first diagnosis. Actually, I went to the psychiatry department or psychology on campus. They were doing this study, mm. and I because I thought I had depression. Um, but I went and did the you know questions and interviews with these people, and she. I remember they had to film it. Interesting. Well, because there were students, so yeah. like they did it for like to you know make sure everything was on the up and up. And uh, she turns off the camera, and she's like, "You don't have depression. 
I, you don't. Yeah, I think you have post-traumatic stress disorder. I think you might have it with some major depressive episodes, which the other therapist was like, yep, that's the one. Um, but you're going to need to see someone. And she flat out told me, I, I will never forget this as long as I live. Don't go to the, the campus mental health center. Mm-hmm. Don't go there. And I was like, oh, really? Because it's free and you can go. Yeah. And it's, it's what most, it's the only option a lot of people have. Uh, and she's like, I'm just telling you, I'm not saying anything bad about them, but they are more geared toward like, I'm stressed out about my final and I miss my mom. Not, I'm having a post-traumatic stress breakdown. Uh, they're not, they're not equipped for this. Yeah. And you need to see someone else. I'm, if you have no other option, sure, yes, go. But I'm just telling you, I, I think you need some different help. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I was in a situation where I could get some, and that was good. But, like, the only resource that people have, it's a huge school. Yeah. And she's like, don't go there. Absolutely not. What's also funny is I was dating a guy at the time who was working there because he was like a... a the psych type person that wasn't his exact major but whatever and I told him that and he was so offended he also said that I probably didn't have post-traumatic stress disorder because what happened to me wasn't that bad okay yeah oh it got worse there was so much more yeah let him just experience that there was so much more stuff I could oh my god it's not that bad I know exactly how you feel yeah I got a lot of that too and the, the therapy was a waste of time. And I was like, this is literally what you want to do for people. You should take some more classes, buddy. You yeah. should learn how to talk to people because, geez. But, yeah, so there are a lot of things that can, like, stand in the way. I don't want to kill myself. That's never... Cool. Good start. That's never... I've ne- not once thought about it. You know what I mean? That's it's, good. It's, that's not the point where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I happened to, like, get into a car accident and die... I'm not going to be upset about it. Well, you're also going to be dead. Exactly. But, like, I don't I don't feel like I will have missed out on something. So, it's not so much wanting to die, but not so much wanting to live. Yeah. I don't survive have a passion. Thrive. Yeah, I'm not surviving and thriving. No. I'm just living day to day because I have, to, I, have, I have to. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. Like, I feel like I just, I just, I'm, I have to do this. Like, I have to wake up. I have to go to work. I have to keep going. Right. Well, at least you still feel like you have to keep going. Yeah. Because that honestly, that is part of it. Because um, depending on what you're dealing with, that can go away real fast. Um, I hope they you, email me back. I hope they do too. <laughs> but any, but like, um, like I genuinely don't think I need therapy for what I went through, like as a kid. Like yeah. I feel like because I'm I've always been so open and I'm willing to talk to literally anyone about what I went through. I've always talked about it. Yeah. I've, I've always been open. I don't feel like I've had to hide it. Yeah, but I'll tell you this. I mean, I, I had a slightly different, you know, scenario, but um, it's not just talking about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not all of it. It makes these impacts and these, these wounds almost, like, in your brain that are, you don't even know are there sometimes until yeah. you really start to unpack it. And it's not just talking with somebody. It's, like, talking with somebody who... Is trained. Yeah. Like, I can tell anybody about, like, all kinds of stuff. But if they don't know what to do for me, then be like, feel better. You know? I hope you get your head in the game, fuck up. <laughs> and it's going to be okay. And the amount of times I've heard that, like, yeah. Jeez. It's, like, unbelievable. But that You even help. told yourself that in 2011. Yeah. I told myself to just keep going. I had no idea what was going to happen. Honestly... I'll say this. I think that conversations like the one we're having, I think conversations like the ones I hear more in media and on TV and stuff now, and on the internet, things like TikTok, Instagram, whatever, Twitter, are good. Because I remember one of the biggest things that when I had my, like, real bad breakdown, Mm -hmm. I had no idea what was happening to me. Yeah. Like, I went through, I wasn't, it wasn't just like, when people think of a breakdown, I think they just think like, I can't do it anymore. And then they collapse and you kind of turn to jello or some shit. Like, yeah. that's not what happened. It went on for like eight months and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. But for those six, eight months, whatever it was, I had no idea what was happening to me and it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, I was genuinely afraid of myself, of what was happening, what was happening in my head. 
every single day for months. I didn't sleep. Like it was, it got really rough. Um, but nobody, I never heard anything about mental health. Like it was not talked about. No. Mental health has such a stigma. It does. But it's, even now. Even now, but it's getting better. Yes. I think you know, we never talked about, and I don't mean this as a, as a dig on anybody, but it just wasn't something. Like, you heard about some things, but you heard things like, I heard about family members that had nervous breakdowns. Mm-hmm. I only just now learned, like, what happened to them. I was like, what What actually happened? Like, what? how'd you know? Like, what happened to them? Because nobody wanted to ever talk about no. it. Therapy, not a thing. Not a thing. And even when you, if you did have people, like, my mom was, you know, at, at when I was a teenager and thought something might be wrong, she was like, I'll take you to the doctor right now. Like, and not in, but, and she was trying to be supportive, but it was such a foreign thing that it sounded almost like a, a punishment. Like, why? Don't know. I don't want to go there. It sounded bad mm-hmm. because it had this negative connotation. And I'm not saying that it's, it's not good. Like, the things that I've dealt with, and the things that I know other people who are mentally ill have dealt with, or just people who are going through a mental health problem, they're not the same thing. No. <laughs> but it but it is scary, and there are some really negative and bad things that can happen and that you can experience. And so it's not all like sunshine and rainbows. Of course not. But if we know a little bit about what might be happening or what mental illness or a mental health issue looks like... Mm-hmm. Maybe we can deal with it better. And that's, and the reason why I say it was TikTok, it was like, because I had felt it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, and by felt, I mean like I just did not feeling, right? Yeah, just turned but off. not really knowing anything. Yeah. And then I saw a TikTok where this person was talking about the therapy session that she had. And she said, I told them like, no, I'm not depressed. Like, I don't want to kill myself, but if I just happen to die. And the therapist was like, that is still depression. Yeah. You are not well. And when I saw, I just cried. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is what I've been feeling the past, like, however many months. Yep. And I'm, and th- that's, I'm like, I need help. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's so unbelievably powerful to have something have a name and have something verified and validated in a way. Because I know when I first went, I'm telling them what's going on. And it's taking everything in me to be like, okay, so these are the things that I'm thinking about. And these are the things that I'm seeing. Like I was hallucinating. Like it was, it got weird. And I was like, they're going to just shove me in the back of a car and lock me up forever. Like, and I still worry about that. (laughs) Every time I go to therapy, I'm like, is this the one where I say too much and they just send me away? Um, But they haven't yet. So that's good. I thought they were going to look at me like an absolute, whoa, this is out of my realm. And they're like, okay, so this is called this, and that's actually kind of normal for what you're going through, and here's what we're going to do. And that meant so much to me, because I, I didn't feel like a freak. I didn't feel like I, there was something wrong with me. Like I, I mean, I You're mean, validated. Yeah, and there there is something wrong. Obviously, you have an illness, you have an issue, but there's it's not the end of it it's not the end of the road you don't have to sit there and suffer Mm -hmm. you know you can get some help and there are things that can be done and sometimes that's medicine sometimes that's different therapies it can be a lot of things for a lot of different people but just knowing that that exists is helpful i'm sure a weight was lifted oh my god at that moment you have no idea i was like at first it was a little i felt that stigma that like oh man you know no i'm i'm mentally ill i have the stigma but it was so outweighed by like, damn, maybe I'm going to be okay. You know, like maybe I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And okay is relative. <laughs> okay but is okay. I, I, don't, I, I don't feel like that anymore. Yeah. And just because I know what's going on. Like when I go through a really hard time, I know something's happening. Mm-hmm. And I know what's happening and I can navigate it. You know, whatever that means. And I know for me... And for a lot of people, there was no way to know what's going on. And I want that to change. I want people to see their experiences reflected back to them. Mm -hmm. Even the really terrible, scary, awful ones. Like, I don't like the idea of those being sanitized either. Like, if it's bad, yeah. It's bad. It's hell, dude. Some of it is absolute hell. But if you know what it is, you can either identify with someone and 
and have a little bit more compassion and empathy and sympathy for some for what someone's going through who is dealing with that or if it happens to you you know how to deal with it like i know that something's wrong now i but i don't know how to deal with it well and that's where you get somebody yeah and i hope you can i hope you can too like i want to get i want to do better i want to feel like i want to to just like want to wake up hopefully i will get some help i hope so and conversations like this are really important and i hope that you know if anybody listening heard our situations and can take something away from it that's good positive or or at least helpful yeah that's the whole point but this has been 30 dirty and dying and dying and we're okay (laughs) we're okay for now we're gonna be okay um yeah, we'll update. We'll keep updates in the loop about how we're doing. And I'm sure this won't be the last conversation we have about mental health because it's a part of everyday life. Yeah. So. Do you want me to uh, say a status that might make it a little bit less sad at the end? Sure. Take us out, Courtney. Okay. When life hands you lemons, you make beef stew. Have a and great- you go on August. Have a great evening.